Welcome back to the Blue Corner, weekly rundown, episode number 15. And today, me and Ellis are back after a week off due to illness. We've got a lot to talk about with the Fulham and Spurs games from this week, but let's start with that week, the Chelsea and the Newcastle week. Some performance that against Newcastle and Chelsea, wasn't it? What a week and what a week to be ill, are we? We had the chance to... Probably the best week we've had as Evertonians in quite a while. And uh, unfortunately, guys, we couldn't come on and talk about it. But we're back now, so we'll talk about it now. Why not? We've got to, haven't we? Because obviously we had a difficult night on Tuesday. But let's talk about the good bits first. Nottingham Forest, Newcastle, Chelsea, all beaten in one week without conceding the goal. It was just what dreams are made of, wasn't it? It was unreal. Listen, the performance from Nottingham Forest... We took that straight into Newcastle, didn't we? Dwight McNeil was fantastic at Forest. It was nice to see him finally find a bit of form and and go into a, a game with a bit of confidence. Like we said in in the the previous episode, you know, confidence was a was a huge thing of his game last season. And I think seeing him go into the, the the Newcastle game with that confidence, it showed. And he took his goal so well, didn't he? Took his goal fantastically. Yeah, I think that started a bit of a, a run of form for McNeil as well. Of course, he then scored against Newcastle, didn't he, too, and capitalised on that Trippier mistake. And just the way that we moved on to the next game and continued to deliver that level of performance, I started to think, oh, surely we're not going to get two in a row. Surely we're not going to get three in a week. Surely we're not going to get another clean sheet. Oh, we might concede this time. No, no, no. Just keep winning. Keep getting clean <laughs> sheets. And the run of form has propelled us into a great position out of the relegation zone and now a gap of seven points, I think, from the relegation zone. So we really have created that distance, I suppose, because then again, we went and beat Burnley, didn't we? Four in a we row. We did, and <laughs> we did four in a row. Toffees won four in a row. They did, and some were saying that there was a 10-point deduction hanging on the wall, but that's gone now, isn't it? Listen, seven points away from relegation now, and you know we look like we're looking up the table rather than down, rather than looking over our shoulder and... You know, for the last two, three seasons, we've we've been that team that's looking over the shoulder rather than looking up. And for the first time, I can comfortably say that I'm happy with the way we're playing. I'm happy with the performances and I'm happy with how the table looks. And I'm, I'm also very happy that we're, we're having a positive attitude looking at where we can get to at the latter stage of the season rather than being in a relegation battle. I think, you know, obviously seven points isn't a huge gap between that dotted line and ourselves, but... You know, if we keep playing like we did against Burnley, against Newcastle, against Chelsea, and we keep, you know, widening that gap between the bottom three, you know, the sky's the limit for this squad. I think, you know, a mid-table with a with a ten-point deduction would be a huge achievement for us. And, you know, I heard some fans, certainly before the the downer of the Fulham game, I heard some fans talking about European tours. So, you know, <laughs> let's let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. But, you know, it, it's looking up in the league, isn't it? You know, the 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 mood of the camp has changed and. You know, we look like we're we're able to put in performances against top teams and and take take games to teams and and get results. Yeah, we'd be ninth in the league, wouldn't we? Or joint ninth with Brighton at the moment, and obviously because of the ten point deduction, we're now in sixteenth. But it's a lot better than what it was when we got that deduction. We were twentieth, weren't we? So that was the point when you were really worrying. And the players have dug in. The managers, what's what the manager's been giving out is finally starting to work, and we're really seeing signs of it now. And you know, a lot of people outside of Everton would say that this has been because of the points deduction, but I'd say that isn't quite right. I feel like it was coming before that. Of course, we had the great results against Brentford and Villa before that. So I wouldn't say that the points deduction has been the sole reason for the increase in form, but I imagine it's just given the players that extra 10%, hasn't it, as well? I think it's galvanised them, hasn't it? I think the, the togetherness of the group, you know, you look at how 
the Everton players picked up Amadou Onana after the defeat against Fulham. And, you know, the, the togetherness of the group looks looks a lot stronger than it has been in previous seasons. A squad that's got such a good um, together mentality that means that we can go to games and, and you know, pick ourselves up after a poor performance and, and just grind out results. And as you said there, you know, we look like a team, even before the points deduction, we looked like a team that had a, a galvanised mentality. And, you know, the Crystal Palace game, we played fantastically there. Uh, and then going into that Nottingham Forest game, I know the Manchester United game, the 3-0 loss was a little bit of a blip, but going into that Nottingham Forest game, we took that mentality straight from the what we had before the international break and, and we used it and we did really, really, really well. Yeah, so it's been a general upturn in form, hasn't it? And we're starting to see a team now that we do believe in and we, I think they believe in what they're doing as well. That's a big thing, isn't it, with a manager? If you trust what he's telling you, I think you start to deliver better performances. And we now come to expect a certain level of performance when we go into a game now, whoever that is against. And, you know, let's talk about the Fulham game now. Tuesday night, obviously there was so much expectation and hype around the game because after such a great run, you then go into into a game which is huge on paper, of course. Everton haven't won a trophy since 1995, we know. So this game was enormous just to get into a semi-final for the first time since, I think, 2015-16 under Martinez at Manchester City in that cup. So we haven't had a semi-final in that cup for a while and it felt like a big opportunity to get one and we just didn't take it in the end. It was a game where... The performance wasn't quite at the levels of the other games. It was a weird game in general, to be honest. I think both teams looked jaded and it came at a really weird time. I've got my doubts about whether that fixture should even be in the Christmas fixture list. I feel like they could move it to January, but just wasn't our night really in the end. And I suppose we went behind because of a, a fluky goal, didn't we? And But it wasn't the greatest yeah. of first half performances, was it? So. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. I think that was a sign of the squad looking quite stretched. You know, Sean Dyche, he didn't have a lot of tools to work with on Tuesday night. I think, you know, Mikolenko being out didn't help. Jared Branthwaite coming back from suspension, he lost that momentum that he had in the squad and he had to play at left back. I think that that really didn't help his performance. I think Tarkowski looked a little bit tired. He looked a bit leggy. I think that was his first kind of difficult performance in an Everton shirt that we've seen in the last two seasons. And, you know, going forward as well, we looked, we looked a little bit devoid of ideas and, you know... To get to a point where you're in the season, that the calendar is so busy around Christmas. We've said this so many times in previous episodes that that this period is so crucial for, for teams and it, it can really separate the league. I think it did show that it was one game, maybe too many in the calendar on Tuesday night. The first half performance wasn't great and to go behind to a fluky goal like that, a Michael Keane own goal, I felt really sorry for him, to be honest, because it just bounced off him a millisecond to, to react and, and try and prevent it. And, you know, you're 1-0 down in a quarterfinal and it, it doesn't look very good, but... That being said, I thought the the fighting spirits come back and, and get that equaliser in the last few minutes with Beto. And, you know, for me, that that was really positive to say. Again, it shows that galvanised mentality that we've seen in the Palace game, we saw in the Nottingham Forest game, that you can stay in games and you can stick at it and, and try and grab a goal. And, you know, for me, that, that was a, a real sign that, you know, it's not going to derail us too much, this loss. I think, you know, for mentality, it's not the greatest going out of a cup competition on penalties. But that being said... The, the spirit we showed to be 1-0 down and fight back and, and get that equaliser was was so good to see. And I think they can carry that mentality and they can hold their heads high that they, they fought well to get back into the game. Yeah, well, a game where we've actually gone behind hasn't been a commonality in recent weeks, has it? And we've seen this team do really well when they go ahead, but we've not seen many opportunities for them to show what they can do when they go behind. And this was a real test. And I believe that they would react because 
the way that the players have been dealing with any sort of adversity has showed that they have got a good mentality. But going behind, I was then thinking, right, you need to show us now that you can get back into a game as well. And they did. And a game which felt like one of those not our day games, they got back into in by hook or by crook. It was a an interesting goal in the end, wasn't it? Of course, it was bouncing everywhere. Dan Juma did quite well to get it into the box and then Beto rose high and put it in and Goodison just erupted then. And in a game where we felt like it was just going to peter out and we were going to lose 1-0, we went and got it. And in those games where you feel like you're never going to score, if you do score, it shows you got something about you. And Beto has made another claim towards wanting to get that starting place, hasn't he? And I was so happy for him. I was dead happy for him. And that kind of moves us on nicely to that Spurs game, doesn't it? I think going into that Spurs game, does Beto get that starting position up front? I think that's a, that's a real question mark that I've got now. Obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin in that Fulham game, he didn't have the greatest of games, did he? He missed a couple of chances here and there and didn't really get into the game as much as I would have liked to have seen him, him get into the game. And, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's a weird one because he, he offers something in a system for Dyche. He's, he's very different to what he was under Carlo Ancelotti, being that poacher, you know, inside the six-yard box, that that typical Inzaghi role that, that's always there to finish off the finish off the move. But, you know, it's different in a Sean Dyche team, isn't it? You, you want someone who's going to hold up the play you know, run for for 80, 90 minutes and, and just try and set that press. And on 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 Tuesday night against Fulham, I thought he again, this is this is typical of the the entire team. I thought he looked leggy. I didn't think he looked, you know, in, entirely fit, if I'm being honest. So that's that's for me where Beto comes in. I think Beto has to start against Spurs on Saturday. And you know, for me, I think he's earned it. I think a, a goal against Newcastle, a very good goal against Newcastle, and then a poacher's goal against Fulham. There's two goals now under his belt and that, that'll give him confidence. And for me, I think straight away when he came on against Fulham, he was winning headers. He was setting the press. He, he was being a nuisance. And I think that can really cause problems to Spurs' defence. He really did trigger that resurgence, didn't he? Him being on the pitch, just the, the pure energy and enthusiasm that he offers does just, it just helps the rest of the team in general. And there really is a debate as to whether he does get that start against Tottenham. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin lately, he's not been putting the goals in. He's been putting the performances in. And, well, he's been working extremely hard, hasn't he, in terms of a shift. And it's not been coming off for him at all in terms of goals. It might be confidence. Um, it might be just a case of it's not going for him at the moment. But the fact that we have someone like Beto to come in, maybe it is time to to get him a start. And one thing he did do well was his penalty in the penalty shootout as well. He, he did, took that yeah. brilliantly. And the penalty shootout was, it was weird because I thought that at Goodison, it would be quite a nervy one. A lot of the penalties might go in quite nervily and the, it would get to the players a bit. But there were some really good penalties taken there. And of course, we scored our first four, didn't we? And then... Decord over Reed miss one, gives it the opportunity to Amadou Onana to take us into a semi-final. And unfortunately, it did not go as planned at all. And I, th I don't know what he was trying to do. I think maybe he was trying to do that usual step and then hit it in the other side. But it seemed like he almost took his step and hit it the same side. And he'll be absolutely devastated with that. And I think it upset quite a lot of fans as well, because at that point, you just want your player to strike it as hard as they can. You know, if it hits the bar, if it goes wide, that's fine. But you just want to see a penalty with force, don't you, for that winner? I was going to say that, you know, if he'd have leathered it as hard as he could and it had hit the bar or the keeper had saved it and made it a, a worldy save, you could have no complaints. But he's trying to be too clever. He's trying to be too cocky. And, you know, in a quarterfinal where you have the chance to win a game like that, doing stuff like that is not going to work. And, you know, it really backfires. I think, you know, the heads dropped then with the squad because they were so close to getting into that semi-final. 
to then see that penalty be saved, I think it, it had an adverse effect on the squad. And, you know, Adrissa Garnagay, we know, we all know as Evertonians that he can't shoot. You know, he's a great player. He's great at winning the ball. He's great at tackling. He's a tenacious midfielder. But God, he cannot shoot. And it was almost destined for him to hit the post or, or, or put that wide. And you know, I felt sorry for him. But as you said there, Onana, it was, it was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he'll be absolutely gutted with that. And I probably would have had Jordan Pickford on the uh, the last penalty yeah. that Garner took. I think Garner probably would have been my last choice, even maybe a, a confident Jared Bramfweight perhaps, but it wasn't to be, was it? And we've now since found out that we would have drawn Liverpool in the semi-final, which that would have been fiery, wouldn't it? We'd have had to go to Anfield first with a second leg at Goodison, but just imagine if we'd have got a draw at Anfield. It would have been a fiery game at Goodison Park, but... I suppose we can't imagine that now because it's it's not happened, has it? And I suppose it's another year where the Carabao Cup has evaded us, that cup that we just can't seem to win. I know, yeah. But it's done, listen. It's done. Onwards and upwards and focusing on the league. And listen, Spurs on Saturday, tough game. Three o'clock kickoff in the capital. What are you thinking? Team news, you know, are, you, are we confident for this one? Um, I wouldn't say confident, but I'm just hoping we can have some sort of reaction because when you have a bad result like that you just want to rectify it as soon as possible don't you and that's what we needed we need a strong performance hopefully somehow get a point or something you never know that our away form's been great so we could win it i'm not expecting it by no means but i feel like tottenham have got a couple of players missing as well obviously basuma a doggy and then they've got the the players missing that they've had for a while as well van der ven's not there madison so it's not the worst time to play Tottenham, I suppose, but they have kind of na- navigated those tough waters that they were going through uh, when they really had that injury crisis around the time of the Chelsea game and the City game, which kind of started their uh, way back into things. But they're doing quite well, aren't they? They're obviously a tough opposition, but there's ways we can catch them. They're a very, very attacking team, aren't they? So I imagine they'll play a very high line and there will be chances for us, won't there? Do you have any hope for it? I, I actually do have hope, to be honest, because, you know, as we said um, earlier in this episode, the Newcastle game, none of us really expected us to get anything. And the Chelsea game, none of us really expected us to get anything. So, you know, if we go into this game with an open mind, as you say, they're going to try and play a high line. They're not going to change for, for Everton. They're going to try and play their own style and their own way. And Postacoglu seems like he's, he's pretty hell-bent on playing this style at home. So, you know, I think, again, it kind of works for our favour because away from home, we don't like to see a lot of the ball. We like to play this stereotypical backs-to-the-wall performance and just try and hit teams on the counter. And I think that can really work against Tottenham. So, you know, Chelsea showed it with, with that. They, they were Chelsea were pretty defensive in that first half. And, you know, obviously, once Spurs had their injury problems and, and got the red card, I think that's where Chelsea came out the shell a little bit more. But, you know, Chelsea showed that, that you can go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and play this backs-to-the-wall performance and, and, and have a positive result. So, you know, for me, it, it's... It's not a, a write-off. I think we can definitely go to the to go to the capital and, and try and get something. I'd be happy with a draw. I'd, listen, I'd snap your hand off for a draw right now, but you know, I, I don't think it's a write-off. I think we can definitely put in a good performance and and show that we've we've still got the the spirit on the on the road because you know we've showed it against Nottingham Forest, we've showed it against Burnley, showed it against Palace. You know, these are three teams that last season we probably wouldn't have got points at. So, I think we can definitely go to Tottenham with a little bit of hope and, and try and put in a good performance. Yeah, we've had some success in London, haven't we, really? We've beat Palace, we beat West Ham, beat Brentford as well. We've seen Brentford, quite a lot yeah. of uh, wins uh, away from home in London. So it'd be nice to go down there, hopefully have another good day. We're going, as as always. <laughs> I've as not always. been to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yet, so I'm looking forward to that 
massive ground. Obviously, it's a great ground as well. Soon to be the second best stadium in England as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Just wait till Bramley Moor gets built. But yeah, it's um, Tottenham obviously have a lot of attacking talent, don't they? Dejan Kulosevsky's been playing centrally lately to cover for James Madison. He's been doing brilliantly, I've heard. Hyung Min Son, we know what he offers. He's just a brilliant player. He's going to the Asian Cup soon, isn't he? So he'll probably want to get those, get as much as he can out of the next few games because he's going to miss a few. And then the man, of course, Richarlison. How could we not talk about him? Three goals in his last two. He's recovered from that surgery he had, and he seems more like the Richarlison that we know, doesn't he now? Yeah, and listen, it's just written in the stars for him to come back and haunt us, isn't it? It's just written in the stars for him to come and score, but... <laughs> Listen, we know what Richie is. He's a hard worker. He's he's a good player. He'll probably get a few chances here and there. It's just if we can limit those chances because, you know, it's written in the stars. It's the Everton way that an ex-player will will put us down and, and score against us. Yeah, like we love him for everything else other than Saturday. Like, you know, straight after Saturday, keep banging in them goals, but just don't <laughs> do it for us. Please just don't Not do it on Saturday. But I don't just know what Saturday. you do with um, with our team. It's suddenly a game where we've actually got a bit of a selection dilemma, whereas in a lot of the games recently, we've just looked and gone, same again, same again. But we're now starting to face the realities of the fixture congestion, the Christmas period where injuries are coming. People are starting to pick up that fifth book in, which give the suspensions as well. And he's got a tough decision to make, really. I don't know whether you'd stick with the four or would you go with a five? And then you've got the debate over Beto. Do you bring Dan Juma in? I feel like there's a lot more to think about. And for me, I would be going to the five that we played against Burnley. I'd rather yeah. not see a centre-back at left-back against perhaps Hyung Min Son or maybe even Brennan yeah. Johnson. I wouldn't want to see that. So I'd be going with the McNeil left wing-back, Patterson right wing-back, three centre-backs. And then I'd, I'd like to see Dan Juma. I don't know whether he would. And I wouldn't blame him if he didn't just because he doesn't know he's going to get that work rate yet. And then Beto, I think he should start now as well. I, I completely agree with you. I think the five that we played against Burnley, I think I'd like to see that against Tottenham. I think that's where we might get a little bit of joy if we do play that five at the back. Um, Michael Keane, I thought he was unfortunate against uh, Fulham. So I, I don't see why he should lose his place. Uh, so yeah, the three centre-offs, I'd go Brandthwaite, Tarkowski and Keane. Um, Patterson wing-back, as you say. McNeil left wing-back. Abdullah Dekore is probably not fit, is he? So it'll probably be Onana, James Garner. But I would like to see Dan Juma in that little bit more advanced midfield role. And then Jack Harrison and Beto up front. I think Calvert-Lewin would probably benefit from a little bit of a rest. And Beto, you know, it'd be, it'd be harsh not to start him after after the performance he put in against Fulham. But yeah, I'm, I'm, of, I'm of the same opinion as you, really. I think the five at the back is, is the one for us. I'm not sure if we could see Dan Juma in a midfield three away from home. I'd maybe think more... James Garner, Drissa Gay, Amadou Anana, and then I think one of our wingers needs a rest. Harrison looked knackered. McNeil was not himself at all on Tuesday, so maybe one of them needs a rest. And Dan Juma was bright, wasn't he? He came on and he looked all right. So I want to see him now, and I want to see him actually take his chance because we know he's probably one of the most quality players we've actually got in our squad, but he's just not had the chance to prove it yet. So it could be a massive day for him as well, a point to prove against his old club. Yeah, as you say, yeah, points to prove against Tottenham. He didn't get much of an opportunity at Tottenham, did he? So, you know, I think he probably will be quite excited to go to Tottenham and try and get an opportunity and, you know, just show him what they're missing. Yeah, exactly. Let's go into a prediction now then, because we've ummed and ahed about whether we can win this or not. We both feel like there's a chance that we can, but we're definitely not expecting it, are we? So what are you going with? 
I'm going to go with one all. I think I've said that for the Newcastle and, and uh, Chelsea game. I think I said one all for both of them and, you know, I was wrong. So let's hope one all. I think Spurs will probably take the lead if it's if we can try and get a goal on the counter-attack and, and just try and peg them back. But it, as we said, it's going to be a tough game, but hopefully take a nice point into Christmas and then go into the Manchester City game after the, after the uh, Christmas break. Doesn't get any easier, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be one one as well. I am thinking the same thing, but I think we'll score first. I think that we're more likely to score first than get pegged back rather than have to fight it back from 1-0 down because, you know, if we go 1-0 down and we come out, we're just playing into Tottenham's hands then, aren't we? So mm-hmm. I feel like it's more likely to be the reverse, but both picked the same result though. So we kind of hope we're wrong. We wouldn't mind if we were right, but we'll have to see on that one. It's going to be a massive game for us. Obviously, we're missing Decore. Can we cope without Decore and Mikolenko again? You never know, Mikolenko might be fit. We're waiting on that press conference, but hopefully Everton can get a good result, go into Christmas and then deal with Manchester City on the 27th because we're quite (laughs) good at dealing with Manchester City at the end of years, aren't we? I was going to say, we like Manchester City around Christmas and New Year, don't we? We just need a little Damari Gray to pop up with the little screamer. Exactly, mate, exactly. But that is all from the weekly rundown today. We do hope you've enjoyed. We'll be back next week to hopefully talk about a victory or some sort of good result. It's been a sad one this week on Tuesday, but obviously everything that came before that, we have to put it into perspective. Look at the big picture and Everton are a much better team than they were a year ago, two years ago. So that's the main thing, isn't it, Blues? But we hope you enjoyed. Speak to you next time. 